You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson and John Congdon. January 11th, 2024. Episode 367 of the PHP Ugly Podcast, a podcast focused on the PHP programming language, its surrounding community, and our company, PHP Architect. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, we're going by the PHP Architect now. Uh, next year we're just going to be a we're just going to be a symbol. Uh, there you go. I'm Eric Van Johnson, and with me, as always, is John. Hey, John. I know Harry said Thursday nights, but now it's Thursday afternoons for us. I mean, it's night somewhere, John. It is night somewhere. Oh, oh, oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's 11 p.m. <laughs> yeah, it's late. It's late for the. Oh, there, F-F-F-F-S. So. F-F-F-S. How's it going, John? Good. So we're saying, oh, for fuck's sakes, or OFFS in Discord. Be a part of the show at discord.phpugly.com. Come hang out with us, chat. We're there all week. Discord is popping off. I mean, like, uh, we yeah. haven't even started the show yet, and there's been chatter going on in there. <laughs> uh, who was it laravel architect was posting from youtube and we're like are we streaming like we we both tensed up like did somebody hit the button we didn't know <laughs> i didn't know you could even do that before the show started so it turns out because we put up a uh, what is it like a coming soon or setting an event on youtube that we're going to go live at three o'clock it actually makes a video or a thumbnail there that people can go write comments you know start commenting early it was very weird yeah yeah uh if you're if you're on youtube or if you're on twitter x now i guess you can chat on twitter x which i still don't know how that works think about joining us over in our discord channel like john said discord.phpugly.com not only do you still continue to participate in the show like you're doing now but you can hang out there all week and talk to a bunch of fantastic and smart php developers a-, a wood says we need a new theme for the show something instrumental are you are you offering to give us a some sort of song write something for us you know perform it maybe perform it live at you know some conference that might be going on in like what is it 103 days yeah 103 <laughs> days john <laughs> damn it oh so, how has things been for you, John? I have been on vacation, and I have literally not been at my computer much at all. Really? Because you seem to respond to me an awful lot. Like, I, I feel bad. I'm writing to you, and then I'm like, I know you're supposed to be on vacation, but we, there's stuff we need to figure out. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ask you about your vacation here in a minute, but it's been a whirlwind of a week from so much PHP tech stuff going on, and then just work stuff in general and just crazy on top of that my youngest kid has been sick again so we're going on like a month where the two weeks before they were off of school they were both sick they were off school for two weeks for the holidays and then literally the day they're supposed to go back my youngest gets sick again and he is he's a little whippersnapper like he doesn't sit down much at all and for like three days now he'll be sitting there and then just all of a sudden be asleep and we're like this is very, very unusual. When he's sick, he still wants to go jump in the trampoline. So finally took him to the doctor and strep throat. So and, oh, at, least we, man. 
at least we know it's getting cleared up and hopefully be ready to go very soon. Keep the receipt for that one. Maybe you can, maybe you can still return them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just hoping that he uh, is a little better for tomorrow because he missed baseball assessments last Sunday, which was all new to me. While I was a coach last season, I didn't, I didn't volunteer until after assessments happened. So to actually go out there and start watching all the kids and, you know, you're trying to jot down some sort of score real quick. Like you're rating everyone on a one to five scale and it's a little nerve wracking. Like I don't want to be so far off the mark, but I reckon it's to like, if you do project management, like story pointing, it's kind of similar to that where there's no like a real right answer. But when you start adding a bunch of people together, and take the average, eh, you probably get in the right ballpark. Leave it to you. Bring it around to PM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he missed he missed assessments last Sunday. Tomorrow is the makeup day, so I'm hoping he's feeling a little bit better so he can go and take part in that. Let's see what happens. So how's your vacation been? <sighs> Not as enjoyable or as productive as I was hoping it to be. You you know, I've talked about in the past, I have a bad, I have no cartilage in my knee, right? My knees. And I've been going in and getting these injections that last for about six months. And I remember last year when I went and got my injection, I was doing the math. I'm like, shoot, when we get to tech, I'm going to be on the tail end of this injection. So I'm going to be in a lot of pain because it's very uncomfortable. I mean, I would almost say crippling, like debilitating to try to do stuff. And sure enough, like I was feeling okay at tech, but like near the end of tech, especially around break, when we started breaking things down, my knee, you know, my knee had really started to swell up. But all in all, I was, I was actually very happy because typically it's like this constant discomfort that doesn't go away like 24 hours a day. And I hadn't gotten to that part, but I had gotten to the part where if I worked it too hard, I felt it. A couple of months go by after tech, uh, and I'm still not needing that injection. I'm like, wow, this has gone on for a very long time. That lasts the entire year. And then on Saturday, we're taking NorCal Kid down to San Diego. They're, they're going to be catching a flight to fly home, and we go out to dinner. And I'm sitting there. And it, it, first thing, it, it's like this Italian place, and it's like very tight seating. And my knee had already not been feeling well, like before we had gotten there. And as I'm sitting there, I'm like, I just can't get comfortable. I just, I just can't get comfortable. And I go to stand up from the table, and I just can't move at that point. And like, I just like, I bear down and I walk out of the out of the restaurant. And I have to like stand there for like a solid couple minutes because I just can't move. It's like my my knee had blown up. I don't think much about it, like because it it it'll do that occasionally. It'll just like swell up and then go back down. But I get home after after dinner and after dropping off the kid. No, I get home and it's just so painful. And so that's Saturday. So Sunday and Monday, I do nothing but lay around the house with my knee propped up. I have one of these machines that does the hot and cold treatment. 
and it's just been a horrible time off, man. It's been very painful. So now I have to extend my vacation by half a day. Just giving you notice there, uh, CEO, <laughs> because I I called the doc and said, hey, you know, here's my situation. It's been a few days. And like, okay, come in on Monday. We're going to, you need another, you're way past, you're way past what you should have gotten your injection on. So just come in on Monday and we'll give you another injection. And unfortunately, it's not like an immediate fix. It's not like he puts this injection in and like, oh, great. I feel good. It's this gel that has to get into the knee and then get settled. And it takes like a month to two months. And it actually gets more painful as it's happening. Oh, no. Really? Oh, it sucks so bad. Everyone but once I, it gets in. Good. I was going to say, people that I know that get an injection, like my mother-in-law gets some. And it's almost like immediate where she says she's feeling bad. Well, so there's another injection you can get. I, help me out, Discord. I know what I know. You know what it is. I, I forget what it's the, called. The cortisone shot or whatever. Cortisone, cortisone shots. Yeah. And I I would get those, but it didn't didn't really have the effect that it had on other people. That's the one that you can get a cortisone shot and like you walk it. You're running out of the doctor's office. You're feeling mm. so good. That didn't work. So I, I actually got like bumped up to this other treatment, which is this gel that they pump into my knee. Gotcha. And uh and it's good. Like when it gets in there, it 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 allows me to walk, it allows me to, you know, be like normal, but so I'm I'm doing the math. I'm doing the math. You get the injection on Monday, you got a month or two until you're really good, so you're gonna be ready to go for tech. I'm Man. good for tech. Yeah, no, I've already I've already done that. I've already done that math. <laughs> That's that's one of the reasons why I reached out to him because I, I kept thinking, I'm like, all right, if I give it a few days, because it's painful. I mean, getting the injection, even a cortisone. Have you ever gotten a cortisone injection? I, I've gotten one, yeah. So it feels the same. It's that hard push feel that you get. It, it feels like that. And then as the gel is settling, it's just like hitting these nerves or I don't know what it's doing. It just gets so painful. But so yeah, it's a painful process to to go through, and so I'm like doing doing the math in my head. I'm like, I, I should be fine, but then I'm like, okay, if I'm not fine, and I procrastinate on this for a couple of weeks, then I go get it done. Then you'll know, come tech. I'm going to be hurting. So yeah, let me do it now. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. been my. So I had all these plans. I had my 3D printing. Workstation had you know needed some attention that I wanted to get everything set up and start doing some printing again. Last year before tech, the current wife and I bought a t t shirt press mm-hmm. that we had ha- we had set up <laughs> in our dining room for like you know six or seven months, and eventually I'm like we got to get this out of our dining room. Like people would come over and they'd just be like, so you just you just have a t shirt press in your dining room. <laughs> So I, I, I had these plans to get that set up with my 3D printer out in the garage and haven't gotten to any of that. I haven't gotten any of the Christmas decorations down. Yeah, it sucked. It, as far as vacations go, it kind of <laughs> sucked, to be honest. It's not really a vacation at all. Or you're not, you're not getting the things you wanted to get done. Yeah, exactly. Good. But I'm not complaining. I, so I, I haven't done any coding. I haven't just, done any coding. I, I am complaining about not coding because I, I definitely thought I was going to have some time to work on uh, PHP Tech TV, 
and do a few other like little tasks that I've been wanting to do. So, so you're going to have to carry the show this week because I have been doing nothing but heavily medicated and laying on a couch all week. I have not looked at like YouTube or any of that other stuff. So, really, take it away. <laughs> well, luckily, I do have a handful of uh, things that we can talk about for sure. Excellent. One from our Discord uh, earlier this week, somebody posted in there. So after returning from PHP Longhorn as the first PHP conference I have been to, so their first conference ever, which we got to talk about. We got to figure out how to find people that don't know about conferences. That's a whole nother conversation. Uh, I cannot explain how much understanding tests in PHP matters as a senior developer for the company that I work at. I have a few questions. I cannot explain how much understanding testing. So basically you learn a lot about PHP unit testing, probably some BDD testing as well. Does anyone have suggestions that help me motivate their coworkers or employees under them on writing tests? Two, why would you need a reporting system like Datadog, New Relic, or Prometheus? And if question two is important, how could you report statistics on it? And are there libraries to help with it? So there's a lot going on. It. That's a lot our... to go through, man. Holy smokes. Oh, we should have, we should to go have put those up. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think about it, obviously. So my first response was, bring your team to, to PHP Tech. You know, that's the obvious first answer. Bring them to Tech, let them save it for themselves. Seriously, if, if you have a team of more than three people that you want to bring, reach out to us. Let's work something out. Having them see firsthand, talk to people that are doing testing will probably go a lot further than you just trying to tell them how great testing is. Outside of that, I know from experience, when you're the only person writing tests on a team, if if it's not part of the team culture, it's going to go away pretty quick. Unless you are diligent in doing TDD. And that in and of itself, takes a lot of discipline well, throughout, TDD, throughout the years. TDD is, isn't the only form of testing, though. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, if, if all you're doing is writing tests, like, if you write your code, and then you write your tests, and you're the only one on the team doing it, you're going to stop writing the tests. If you had the habit of doing TDD, where you're going to write the test first anyway, and you start to see the benefit of that, then maybe you'll keep doing it while the rest of the team doesn't. That I'm not saying TDD is the only way. It's just it will become a habit for you if that's the way you code. So your team needs to see that. How do you get them to write it? It either has to come from management, which it sounds like it's your team. So if you can mandate, no, this is the way it's going to be, do it. Like Until, until people start seeing the benefits of it, they're not. They're not going to want to do it. No, I was trying to catch up on on Discord, and I was waiting to see if there's anything to add. <laughs> <laughs> as far as motivation, you know, it, it's a hard one. You don't. E- you don't even need to just motivate your coworkers. You need to motivate management. As far as this should be a requirement, the biggest motivation that you can obviously is having that build process and showing where the test catches a potential break before it hits production. 
I'm not a big, I don't write a bunch of test code. I, I feel so much better when I do. I just, I'm not disciplined enough to do it. And it's a weird thing. I, I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks like this, but for me, like, it feels like the so many of the tests that you can write are just so minor. Like, okay, well, this should never happen. So why am I writing a test? Why do I want to write a test for this? This shouldn't even be a problem. But then it becomes a problem, and it's like, God damn it, if I had just written that one test at one <laughs> time, it wouldn't have been an issue. So I don't know what to tell you. I mean, just it's it's a hard it's a hard sell as far as because there's no way of saying hey look i make i push fewer bugs to production because i write tests i mean it's just like there's just no easy metrics for that that i'm aware of i mean john maybe you know of something say that again i missed a way of showing your team that you are pushing fewer that bugs to production that that become that's really hard to track. And right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like what Ben Ramsey's saying, you know, don't ask permission, just do it, make it part of your workflow. But again, if you're on a team and you're, you're the only one doing it, the, it becomes demotivating very quickly. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree with you there well, because I, I mean, I, I do things that other people like my, my, you know, I write, Jesus, repositories, the repository pattern. I'm probably the only person in our company that leverages the repository pattern. I do it because I see a benefit to it. I do it, do it because I find it helpful. And in theory, it will benefit us in the long run. But the biggest theory behind that, which is, you know, changing the back end out is not a reality. I just like the structure of the repository pattern. You don't need permission. What you need to do is until you, especially until you get good at writing tests, is make sure your upper, whoever you're reporting to, has an understanding of why you might be producing code a little slower. Because you are writing a lot more code with tests. There's just no way around it. And it, it can give the perception from, especially a higher up person who isn't a developer, who really just cares about how many hours they're paying you to get something produced, it could be very challenging for them to understand the financial benefit that you're actually giving them by creating cleaner code, not only for you, but cleaner code moving forward to any other developer who makes mm-hmm. a change to any of your code down the road. Right. So th- there's a lot being said in Discord right now. A Woods pointed out that tests are documentation. I can't tell you how many times I bring a library in through Composer or whatever. And when I can't figure out how to use it properly, I usually go to the tests. And I'm like, if it has tests, I can usually figure things out much faster than reading the code. Really? Um, yeah. I, huh. often, oftentimes I go into the vendor directory, go to the test folder. I'm like, oh, that's how you're supposed to do this. And I can implement it. Eric Mann is pointing out that you can track the number of incidents you have. That comes down to if you're if you track those type of tickets. If you have a ticketing system, I know a lot of companies that have no ticketing system. They just go by the seat of their pants. Like, oh, this is what's needed. Let me do it. But if you can track those things, maybe you can measure that over time. 
adding tests reduces it. He went from one to two SEV. I don't know if that's some sort of severe metric, but severe one incidence per week to per year. That's huge. Bottom line, testing is important. Like I, I find it very important. I do like TDD as far as getting you to write the test first and also figuring out how you're going to write the code. There, there's a lot of benefits there as well. Yeah, we've talked in the past, and this is one of those pie in the sky things. Uh, I first, I think uh, Ben also brought up a, a good point: a perfect opportunity to interject the idea of testing or postmortems, or I guess the proper way of saying it is post-incident debriefs. But <laughs> I don't know why you're debriefing an incident. It sounds a little, you know. But anyways. When you're identifying what brought down production or what caused a production issue, that's the time to kind of say, if we write this test, we catch this in the future. You know, we watch for this. And we've talked about that from support tickets as well. Like when support tickets are generated, we we should write a test that shows that issue, whatever that issue is shows that issue happening and then, you know, correct the issue. And now you have that test associated to a support ticket that you know is being watched now moving forward. Mm -hmm. And this, again, a lot of this is making the assumption that you have some sort of deployment pipeline that automatically runs tests because that's something else you see a lot of. People will create tests, not run them, and deploy, and then be like, what happened? And then you run <laughs> yeah. the test. It's like, oh yeah, that thing. And there's so many great tools now that allow you to do that. Come to PHP Tech and learn about a bunch of them. Just saying. Yeah, I don't know why we're having this big <laughs> conversation. Just go to tech, damn it. We'll explain it all there. <laughs> part part two, the, the his question was, why would you need a reporting system like Datadog, New Relic, or Prometheus? And I can tell you, when you are having an issue, when you're... When all of a sudden something goes down, you're having a database issue, something's going on, I go to New Relic because that's what I'm using, that application. And you, you can see, oh, something happened here. And then you can look at what transactions are causing the issue or seem to be causing it or being impacted by it. So having those tools, they're great to look at more often than when you're having an incident, but during an incident... They can help you find the problem faster than without them. Well, and the uh, other the other thing about tools like this is your end user will experience a problem, and a lot of times they won't even report it. Like they'll mm-hmm. just be like, oh, "Whatever." And these tools can catch it and say, "Oh, hey, yeah, we you you've got a 500 error fired on your application," and even explain to you the step, depending on the tool you're using, all the tools are a little different, but they can show you the steps that, you know, happened right before that, that led up to that 500 error. I I can't imagine in today's age, not having a, some sort of monitoring solution out there. They're, mm. they're so cheap. So many have free tiers and just having that 24 seven kind of eye on your app, Mm-hmm. Is well worth it. Speaking of which, perhaps now is a good time 
to thank one of our sponsors, one of those monitoring apps, and one that we use quite extensively here at PHP Architect, well before they became a sponsor, HoneyBadger.io. Thanks to our friends at HoneyBadger.io for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring, like web development, can be complicated. There are tons of tools and techniques, but you just want to know that your app is up and that your customers are happy. When your customers encounter a problem, you need clear, actionable intelligence, not walls of charts and reams of logs to tail. That's why they built HoneyBadger, the monitoring tool we always wanted. A tool that's there when you need it and gets out of your way when you don't so that you can keep shipping code, know when critical errors occur, and which customers are affected. Respond instantly when your systems go down. Improve the health of your systems over time and fix problems before your customers can report them. HoneyBadger is the application health monitoring tool built for you, the developer who cares about a quality product and happy customers. Be the hero of your team and sign up for a free trial and start monitoring today at HoneyBadger.io. Setup takes as little as five minutes. See what you've been missing and fix it. Once again, that's www.honeybadger.io. Thank, Thank you, Honey Badger. Badger. Um, Look, our Discord knew we were going to Honey Badger <laughs> commercial before we even did it. Good call, Christopher. Yeah. Uh, so, going back to monitoring, obviously, Honey Badger for error monitoring, some of these other tools for just tracking your baseline, like having those tools where you know, okay, here's our current error rate that we we're seeing. Here's our current performance, how many transactions per second you're currently you running at. And you can tell when things go wrong, things kind of, the graphs go off the charts, right? Something either spikes to high, spikes low, something happens. That's what those tools are there for. As far as if they're important, we just established they are, are there libraries or something to report st- statistics on? I don't know of any. I don't use them. What we do, oh, okay. yeah, I'll do. I'm sorry. They they uh, they all pretty much have something. As far as, yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like most do. They uh, they have re- even... they have re- they have reports. It's more. I think there was I'm a some sort of library to help bring those statistics in somewhere. Mm. I can tell you, one of our clients does. They call it the bar report, a big ass report. And every week, somebody goes to various places and pulls statistics from what's the the average throughput for the past week, what's the you know average CPU usage on web servers, average CPU usage on database servers, and just all of these statistics. And it's just like put it right into an Excel sheet or a Google sheet, and then monitor that. So we often see oh, we're, we hover around 150 millisecond response time. Uh, it's creeping up 160, 170. Okay, what's going on? What's changed? Right. Or, hey, it's improving. What's changed? It's not just when things go bad. It's, hey, things got good. Why? Oh, we added we added indexes on the database or improved the code somewhere. And we that I was about to say, that's one of the things we use. Be, without even things going sideways on you, yeah, you know, we use tools that will will monitor monitor for bottlenecks in database queries, right? Like mm-hmm. what what queries are 
choking your application, which has been extremely beneficial to us as developers, because it's just one of those things that's hard to it's, it's hard to watch for yourself. You're to, you're coding and you're you're putting queries together that make sense. And to John's point, maybe sometimes it's not even the query; it's what you have indexed in that table that can make the query quicker. But it will kind of throw that red flag, saying, "Hey, these calls of the database taking a long time. Might want to take a look at them." Had that twice in the past two weeks, where I'm like, "Oh, I can optimize this query." And I think I told you last week I had one endpoint that would pull a list of contacts. So let's say you pulled 100 contacts, it would then go and do per contact, do another 20 plus queries for every contact. I brought that all down to a single query and it ran fine in local dev and in CI because the data wasn't there, not as much data, gets to production and just blows up because Mm. there's tens of millions of records. So it's, again, those tools that point that out, like, Oh, this is this one. This this call is taking forever. Obviously, we can look in the database and saw that one, but just things to be looking at. So, thank you for for those questions in Discord. Seriously, bring your team to tech. Talk to us. Okay. <laughs> Another thing I, I want to point out: I, I know we keep referring to chat and as Discord, and that's because that's our main communication tool. We encourage everybody to go there, as we've done a couple times on this show. We see people talking to us on Twitter. We see people talking to us on YouTube. We see people talking to us on Twitch. That's all great. If that's your world, live there. The only thing I'm going to kind of point out that I always forget about because I'm in Discord is, well, not only does Discord go all week long, but in Discord, people will reply to some of the conversations that are happening. And those replies don't get posted on the other platforms. So what you're seeing happening on the screen, as far as the conversations going back and forth on the different platforms, you'll notice that if you're in a Discord, you'll notice there are, there's a lot of things that are being missed. And that's because people in Discord are replying. And Discord, don't change. You guys are doing fine. I'm just, <laughs> the other platforms know that... There are conversations that are happening that you Discord. So an example of that is we post show links and you'll see in our chat right here, number three, six, seven show link, another ugly link, but you don't see the link there. I had to go, I had to go add that. And that's why it's on there right now. Discord.phpugly.com. Come join yeah. us. Hang out. Yeah. It's always fun when you say that and you see people pop into Discord, like new people pop into Discord. (laughs) Read an interesting article last night and thought I would share it. Let's share it. Building maintainable PHP applications, over-engineering versus under-engineering. And the, the article, it's very short, an easy read, but it goes on to say, we probably use over-engineering too often. Like we often say things are over over engineered, and we usually try to say meaning it's complicated code. But they brought up a good point in they have two examples, one that seems very over engineered and one that seems very under engineered. But what you really have to take into account is the context of the code. If it's an enterprise level application, something that needs to be around forever 
or for many years to come, the top one is probably correct. If you were to do the bottom version of it, that's probably very un- under-engineered. And but if this was your like your a little toy website, something you are practicing on, or you know, just a little personal project that you know you're probably gonna throw it away in a couple of months. The top one's very over over engineered, and the bottom one is all you need, right? Hey, that, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I don't even consider the top one over engineered, <laughs> right? Because because we're writing code that we want that we want to maintain. We know the benefits of value objects, which a lot of that is is right. Yeah. An email, an email address. Why do I need a value object for an email address? It's just a string. Just use it. Well, as you're writing code that one you need to test, it becomes evident what value objects are good for. Yeah, as I've learned, I, I can't not write a value objects now. It drives me crazy, but I find myself doing it all the time. And this is something else like I know I lose sight of as a as a person who is honestly passionate about development and specifically about PHP. But you have the, you always have people who will come to you and say, Oh, I've got some people offshore. They'll do this for $5 an hour and they'll get it done in like 10 hours. And that might be the case. First off, that's, you know, we can have the whole ethical conversation of taking advantage of third world labor, you know, people who, whatever. I, I, this isn't even about that. The one thing you need to think of as a product owner is the, these, I don't want to say fly by night, even consultants, right? Even good intending consultants will, they don't have a vested interest in a particular application. They're there to get something working and either move on to the next project or move on to the next billable hour. Everything is about billable hours to them, right? So when you, when I, I don't particularly like the term over-engineered, probably because I get told that a lot. <laughs> yeah, but, but as far as under-engineered, there is the, yeah, there's the run and gun, you know, get it done sort of mentality that, everybody can take it's just maintainability testability you know li- livability how long will that code be able to continue without needing some somebody else to go in there and fix it and when that somebody else goes in there and fixes it will they be able to understand it how much time will it take them to figure out what the person before them patched together mm-hmm. uh yeah yeah there's Again, much like testing, over-engineering has its benefits as as long as you're following best practices and principles and how you do things. Value objects, if you're using value objects, you initially look at that and you say, I don't need a value object for everything that comes into my application. But yeah, yeah, you kind of do. Because if you want to make sure everywhere that email is being used in your system is a valid email without having to do all the validation again and do all the checks. You do that through a value object, right? Because value objects handle that for you. You can be assured 
that when you use that value object email, it's an email. It's just, it's just like, again, one of those things is it's where it, where is the line for you? Are you passionate about development? Are you, this isn't a PHP thing, right? Are you passionate about development? And are you, is this part of your art? And if so, these are the practices you want to learn. Yeah. What about premature optimization? For me, that's, that's when people are spending time worrying about things that don't matter yet. You're, you're worrying about being at scale when you're not at scale. You're not, you're not right. building the next Facebook right now. If once you start, once you start hitting bottlenecks, then optimize. I mean, you don't have to wait till you hit the bottleneck and you're screwed, but you should start to see that progress towards that bottleneck and, and it, optimize correctly at that point. And everything we talked about so far today, I feel like this is like a, you know, lesson lesson learned Thursday or something. <laughs> but everything we've talked about today, testing, practices, over-engineering, those things make iterating on an application to optimize it, to, to, to understand how end users going to actually use your application and the things you do need to fine tune. It'll make that a whole lot simpler and smoother for you. This, this is the conversation we have with clients a lot. We, we have a, one particular client I work with a lot has all these fantastic ideas and thinks that they've already worked out how the end user is going to want to use it. And we have to keep stressing to them, let's get it out there yet. Let's get it done. Like let's, let's get something that, that people can start using and then figure out how we're going to iterate on it. That that's premature optimization outside of code. <laughs> Trying to figure every little detail out. And it's like, stop. Let us get something done. Wow, 45 minutes in already. All right, let's optimize this podcast with another thank you from one of our sponsors, PHP Storm. Thanks to JetBrains and PHP Storm for partnering with us. PHP Storm is a cutting-edge IDE tailored for PHP and web developers. Whether you're a newcomer or it's just been a hot minute since your last dive-in, there's never been a better time to revisit. With a slick, clean new UI, blazing speed enhancements, and a richer toolkit, it's transforming the way we code. It's time to start coding like a professional. Visit jetbrains.com forward slash phpstorm and kick off your 30-day free trial. Code smarter, not harder. Thank you, PHP Storm. Thank you, PHP Storm. Some great title suggestions coming in right now. For those that are new to our podcast, if you are in Discord, you can make title suggestions. And if you win, you get nothing but the bragging rights. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) bang title. So exclamation point title space. Give us the title suggestion. Try to knock the the. King of titles, A Woods off his pedestal. Yeah. See, see what we can do there. Yeah, so I got that working. I got that working this week. I, I, uh, I'm, we're good there. I got the, got him. So I, that's what I wanted to check. I saw that come in. I'm like, oh crap. I hope this is working today. <laughs> I came across another thing on, on Twitter recently. You know, I'm not a, I use Laravel sparingly, I don't use it mm-hmm. a ton. And, saw this tweet and I'm like, that is 
friggin' brilliant. In loops, there is a loop object available to you that I did not know existed. <laughs> It's all, it's in templates. I don't. It's not in PHP code, right? It's, it's only it's in a, the. It's a blade. In a blade. It's a bl- it's a blade, blade thing. Yeah. Blade thing. And I'm like, that's great. There's so often like I know I have a header row and I'm looking for an element in the first row. I'm like, hey, if this is here, continue. I want to skip over this. You mean I could just say if loop first continue? <laughs> so I, I, it's, I I see why there's Laravel fanboys. There's some nice syntactical sugar little things. Oh, we're bringing them. We're bringing them around, guys. <laughs> it's only taken a few years. I, well, I I laughed because we've probably talked about this a dozen times on the show. Shows you how much yeah. I listen. <laughs> yeah, it is actually really really helpful. It does it does things like it'll tell you if you're at even or odd. It's interval through through the loop it'll tell you the loop count you're on like you say hey you know, index. This, yeah yeah i mean yeah. It, it's it's very very beneficial yeah it's one of those like you said it's, it's one of that little that little extra thing that in in that laravel offers i wonder if uh, symphony has something like this for they don't do blade uh they do mm-hmm. twig I bet you Twig has something like this. I need to I need to look into that. Yeah, maybe. So it has index. So it's the current index of whatever array you're looping iteration. So I guess because you can go through multiple times, like I'm sure you can mess with the index or the array and go through it. So it's the iteration. How many items are remaining? The total count. Is it first? Is it last? Pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah, little things like this. These these are why you use frameworks, right? The, the little things like this that make it. You can definitely do this on your own. I mean, this is not rocket science. It's just nice to always just have that that you can easily reach for. I'm glad you found that. Yeah, how is your how is your Laravel app going? Oh, I killed it off. I killed it off. Oh, never mind. No, there, there's no, a yeah, few. I'm talking yeah, about, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about your, your your side project here. Yeah, yeah. So the run for the my kids' running club for school, right? It's it's going well. I mean, it's terrible code, absolutely terrible code, but it does a lot. Like I, I'm interacting with Google Sheets, which took me a long time, but I got to help one of our clients today because now they want to interact with Google Sheets. I'm like, hey, I did that, and by the way authentication sucks like trying to figure out how to do authentication is absolutely terrible here's how i did it and i've tried four or five different ways and in the end it's like nope i just download the json it's part of the application <laughs> like is there, j- no a JSON file. There? is there no php pa- package for google sheets there is like they, their sdk is fine it's the authentication piece that is a nightmare it's like you have to go through Google Cloud, create keys, and I've oh, tried. I've tried their yeah. I've tried their API keys. Couldn't get that to work with the SDK. I tried their OAuth 2.0 keys. Couldn't get that to work with the SDK. Tried getting this JSON file from them and using the JSON raw to create an authentication within my application. Couldn't get that to work. Ultimately, I had to put the JSON file, put the JSON into a file on disk, set a environment variable that 
says, here's where the file's at. And then it just magically works. I don't know why, but I say all that. I got to help our client today because of my side project, having some experience with it. Yeah, it, it does a lot of little things, but I'm not doing anything like mind blowing with, with Laravel right now. Cool. Sounds <laughs> Laravel hijinks. It was coming in hot. I want to talk about tech in a minute because somehow we're at 52 minutes and I've barely talked about it. But I came across this other article. Do users write more insecure code with AI assistance? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a question or an answer? It was some article and they wrote it as a question. And through research, they found that If you're using AI to write code, you're probably writing more insecure code. But if you are asked and you are using AI, you think you are writing more secure code. (laughs) (laughs) I got news for you. If you write code and you're like, I don't know how this works, but it works. Probably insecure code. (laughs) That's what you do a lot with AI. But I've been copying and pasting way too much AI code lately. Oh, really? I I say that. I copy and paste because I can't figure out how to use Tailwind CSS to save my life. Where (laughs) I go, I go, I think you're a little secure with Tailwind. I I don't think you're having a lot of vulnerabilities with Tailwind. That's that's honestly the main thing I use ChatGPT for. It's like I cannot figure out how to make this image centered or whatever. And it's like, oh, just do this. And then it explains what all the classes do i don't read any of that I just copy paste oh look it worked yeah i write i i use ai a lot i think i mentioned this in a previous show i use it a lot for google sheet formulas and like notion formulas oh i do i it has i i do so much stuff in notion through the formula uh property thanks to ai that i know i would not be ha, have been able to figure out on my own as well as as Google Sheets. I do a lot of weird stuff. I shared with John, I have a Google Sheet for doing a social media post. And even though the service we use allows you to do things like recurring posts, like you, you can do a post and say, okay, show this post once a week for the next three years or whatever. It drives me crazy because it's, A, it's the same post. So it's the same post. just goes again and then it goes again at what whatever interval you told it to go to but at the same time so if you say every five days it'll post at the same time every five days and it's just like it's one of those things like why why is it like that so i i have like these crazy little formulas in google sheets that will say okay i want this posted you know four times or whatever and it'll do that but it'll 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 vary the the times at what it at what it posts so and, and i never like posting the same time you took it further like you have x percent chance of it being meant for the u.s or x percent chance that it's meant for international <laughs> yeah, so we're a u.s-based company so we focus mostly on the u.s times but Occasionally, you're posting at what would be like nine, ten o'clock our, at night, our time, so that it's daytime overseas. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. a good idea. 
Yeah. And because it's Google Sheets, I have it let me it it gives me a warning when my post is getting too long and then it'll it'll go red when I when I exceed whatever the post is for a Twitter a Twitter post, which is really the only one I worry about because all the other platforms I have such a higher threshold of what I can post that I just worry about if it's too long for Twitter and then I just don't post it to Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) So when it was Twitter, you posted a tweet. What is it on X now? That's a good question. I don't know. I, like I said, Mastodon used to be called a toot, but they Mm -hmm. changed to be called, they, they just say it's a post now. They don't call them toots anymore. I assume maybe X does the same thing. Maybe it's just a post and they don't call it anything cute anymore. I didn't realize that Mastodon made that change because I still call it toots because it's funny. I think that's why they stopped doing it because they didn't appreciate it. <laughs> PHP tech, 100, 103 days away. Yeah. Working hard behind the scenes. I got almost all of hard. almost all of the airfare taken care of. So there will be speakers there. Now we just need attendees there. Please come join us in Ch- Chicago. I started reaching out. You probably saw a bunch of emails this morning. Like mm-hmm. I'm trying trying to hit all the the like coding boot camps. Like, hey, would you be interested in offering this to your students? And most of them are like, no. <laughs> we're a business. We don't. We're not. We're not looking to help you. I'm like, oh, come on, <laughs> help our brother out. Uh, we help us help you. Is uh, is what it's about. Man, yeah. I tell you, I ran into okay. somebody at the dog park. It, it, it was funny. They 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 were they were they are AWS engineer, and so immediately we start geeking out, right? And so this is like they're this is not like a entry level person. They they've worked at they they worked at TikTok. They worked at I forget I forget where else they worked. They worked at a couple of other big companies, you know, and then now they're at AWS and they've been there for a while. So this is a seasoned professional. And I, I share with them, you know, obviously who I am, what I do and all that. And we exchange phone numbers because we start, he's like, all right, I, I, you know, I'm going to go, but I, I like to keep talking, talking with you. And he sent me a text saying, I got to be honest with you. I didn't know PHP was still a thing. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I've lost a lot of respect for you right now. What do you mean? Like, I get it. You don't. People don't code in PHP. They don't brag about coding in PHP like they do other languages. But yeah, very much a thing. Jesus Christ! Yep, killing me. These people are killing me out there, John. What What's hard for me is everyone identifies not as a PHP developer. They identify as a Laravel developer, a Symphony developer, a WordPress developer, a Drupal yeah. developer. And it's like, but you're at the end of the day, you're writing PHP and don't you want to like grow your PHP skills in general? So you have more options to you. Like, I mean, once you kind of understand the, the core language and you keep building those skills, you can translate those to WordPress or Laravel or symphony or cake. Like you don't have to be stuck in, in a specific thing. I mean, honestly, from a marketing perspective, if if you ask me, saying 
I'm a PHP developer who specializes in Laravel is way more appealing than saying, oh, yeah, I'm a Laravel developer. You know, Mm -hmm. it just, it it seems like you have more behind you when you say, I'm a PHP developer who specializes in WordPress, who specializes in Laravel. I don't know. That's, that might just be me talking. It's funny because John and I have, do have the conversation because tech is, is where it's, it's obvious to us, right? Because we honestly don't care. Like if nobody wants to identify as a PHP developer, because our consulting group will definitely identify as a PHP developer, as PHP developers, and we'll take all that money. We're okay with that. But when it comes to the conference, it's like we were talking about it. And it's like, because we're a community focused conference that that's focused on the more general PHP language and ecosystem. Well, that's part of the problem, right? There isn't really an ecosystem behind PHP. It's just the community as opposed to Laravel, which is a very hyper-focused, you know, this is what we're doing in the Laravel world. These are the products that, you know, you can use with Laravel in the Laravel world. WordPress the same way, Drupal the same way. You know, you have these hyper-focused areas of PHP and their conferences are massive. Symphony. What a freaking huge conference Symphony is. Uh, uh, SymphonyCon. It's just massive. And it's because you get these people who are like hyper-focused in this one area and not really concerned about the more general PHP, you know, what's going on in php as a whole so it's always it's it's you know it's really comes apparent to john and i with things like tech because we we definitely want we're, tr- we're trying to put together a conference i think we do a good job that is beneficial to everybody whether you're a laravel developer drupal developer wordpress developer you come to tech and you're walking away with something but but yeah you see the, these numbers Laracon EU. We talked about it a while back about how much they were charging for Laracon EU. And I forget what the number was, but it was an expensive conference and they're sold out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, damn, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe we, that's it, John. We need to charge more, like make it seem like there's something important <laughs> at this conference. I think that <laughs> might be what it is. Like charge like $1,200. People will be like, well, it's got to be an important conference if it's twelve hundred dollars. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that's how it's going to work, John. Let's do that. All right. You, you better buy your tickets now, otherwise, Eric's raising it to twelve hundred dollars. Early bird. The end of early bird is going to be very ugly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of which, how, when are we doing that? We got we got names. We, we're getting close to year. We're in 2024 now. We're months away. When are we when are we wrapping up this early bird? Well, I think we we have the date set, but we never announce it because you don't want people holding off to the last minute. Okay, <laughs> I, I was I was going to look. I actually don't remember when we we set it to end. <laughs> I don't remember either. I think it's January. Though. Is it the end of January? It should be. It should it's, be sooner. It's it's a holiday coming up in February. Oh, I remember that. There was a reason we did that, too. I forget why, but yeah, yeah. I remember that now. <laughs> All right. You guys have a little bit more time. 
but I don't know. It's just a couple of glasses of scotch. You never know what I might do. I may just pull the plug early. <laughs> early bird. Yeah. Well, tickets going good. It's always good to see tickets come in. If you haven't gotten yours yeah. yet, go out and do that. Had, had a few more sold, but still need to. Would love to see you there. You. I'm talking to you. Would love to see you there. Oh, come on. Really? Don't you go again? <laughs> Went last year. Oh, I got a f- official word for those in the Southern California area. Speaking of conferences, the scale conference that I'm helping out with, the discount code UGLY, U-G-L-Y, is now uh, live. So if you are thinking about t- going to scale, it's a cheap ticket. Matter of fact, their early bird ended. So they're in March, John. And their early bird ended already. I just want you to know that. I'm just going to point that out. Well, yeah. But conference is earlier than ours. <laughs> <They're> kind of, <laughs> that's kind of how it works. Always, always with the details, John. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. But yeah, if if you happen to be going to scale here in Southern California, Pasadena, use the discount code UGLY. It doesn't get us anything. I mean, they don't track it. We don't. It was just something I asked them to do because I'm helping out. And they're like, yeah, sure, we'll do that. So ugly is a discount code. What's our discount codes for PHP Tech, John? We don't have any because we're cheap. We are cheap. <laughs> cheap conference, man. I see I see how much conferences are going for. I can't, I can't believe how much we're charging. We need to charge more. I really think that's part of our problem. I don't think we charge enough. Do, do I go create a, a quick... Last second, like you're watching PHP Ugly discount code. I don't know what that code would be if you were watching PHP Ugly, but <laughs> didn't we already do this? No. If you're part of the herd, you have a discount code. I'm not going to give away the herd discount code. The herd, by the way, are our supporters on Patreon, which I should probably bring that up, right? We haven't shared Patreon supporters yet. You should. Our supporters on Patreon. Thank you very much, supporters on Patreon. Yeah, you have, they already have their special super secret discount code. That was actually a good discount code for the, for, for in general, John. What's, what's that? What? The herd one. Oh. I would, I would, I would have gone with something like herd or something like that, but yeah. Wait, you don't, you can't type it in anywhere. You have to use the link. That's all I'm saying. Gotcha. Gotcha. I forget about that. We we should make it a way you can tape it in. I mean, it was just it would just be a matter of putting a a form where you type in a discount code and then it would attach it to the URL. That's all. How do you move this thing? You can't move it around? Move move what around? The QR code oh. that's now on the screen. And what's with the, the, the font? The the cursive font on there. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? It looks fine to me. <laughs> Good job. How'd you change that so cool? <laughs> I I obviously don't know what I'm doing. Uh, so thank you, all of our all of our supporters on Patreon. As far as the QR codes go, John, I, there's like a difference. It's like, oh, you got to do the one with the image. I think this is the one you want. Boom. That, that I know, but down there. Yeah, I don't didn't have an image to put with it. I guess we could just change the link on that one, huh? I don't think you have to have an image, do you? This this one doesn't have an image. It's just honey badger. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's gotcha. good. I, I don't. I don't think you can move it around. That's part of the problem. 
We got we what's happening here? Kill this guy here. Uh, uh if you're interested in being a supporter on Patreon, just go to patreon.com forward slash PHP ugly. And uh, every now and then we do we do nice things for the people who support us on Patreon. Like you really that. created you really created one? I All right, if you're listening to the audio stream, don't know what to tell you. <laughs> there's a there's a fairly significant discount code up on the screen for PHP Ugly listeners. Maybe go back and watch YouTube. Scrub it to about one hour, ten minutes in. Yeah, exactly. Did you? Nobody. Oh, so nobody caught on. I'm surprised nobody said anything. I heard it, and I'm like, I don't care. I'm not. I'm not changing it. Last week for the audio podcast, I I left in all the after show. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, all the after shows in there, and I'm like, I'm listening to it, and, and, and I'm listening to it, and, and I look down at my radio and I see how much time is left on the stream or on the the, the audio podcast. I'm like, why is there so much time left? What did I What did I do? Did I just have a bunch of empty stuff like blank? And as soon as Harry Mack started playing, I hear you and I talking. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> and then this this the whole after show is on the audio file, which I think is that's the first time I did that in all the years is left it on there. So last last week I did catch that Ewood says, do it again. Never. This is just <laughs> for the live listeners. We only do the after show for the live listeners. Or those that go back to YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you seen our YouTube stats? Nobody goes back to YouTube. <laughs> Shh. You're not supposed to tell people that. <laughs> All right. Oh, John, where are we at? We done? We good? Get anything else? I'm going to delete this got, other one so we don't keep showing that one. Got titles popping up here. and I think we're good. I actually have one of our clients pinging me saying, hey, we might be having database issues. That sounds like something you probably should go take a look at. Also, one last time, if you're going to tech, download the app. If you go to the website, you'll see the app, a link to the app on, on the top app. Go download that. Start starring the talks you're interested in going to. It's going to give John and I some feedback on whether or not we move talks to a different room or not. doesn't change anything. All the talks that, that are there are the talks that are there. We're not going to like cut, cut cut talks or anything like that. It's just helps us plan what room things might be in. Yeah. The only reason things might change as far as times is, you know, speakers may ask to be moved. They may not want us to speak at a certain time or That's things, true. things happen. They can't come in on the, for the Tuesday, whatever. We may have to juggle things around, but we'll try not to. Looking forward to it. Everything's coming together nicely. Like like we said, if you're staying at the block, the hotel block, through the PHP Tech website, you'll get breakfast with your stay. We do lunch, and then the two nights, we typically do some pizza or some sort of post-conference gathering. Not, not guaranteed. Need sponsors. Need sponsors for that. Yeah, that's true. That's actually very true. All right, cool. I think that is it. We're gonna call it a day. I'm Eric. I'm don't John. say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm Eric. I'm John.
Ah, keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. <laughs> One, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do, listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish, I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric, yo, he's never on some average shit, you know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate, I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song, yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong, yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet, unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot, I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me, shouts out to PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying, it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.